You are listening to Pharmaceutical Calculations, a podcast about tips, tricks, and strategies for solving pharmaceutical calculations. This episode was originally broadcast on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash pharmaceutical calculations easy. Welcome to another pharmaceutical calculations solve along. If you are in pharmacy school, then one of the things you should be proficient in is osmolarity calculations. And if you are in the United States of America, then you are likely to see osmolarity calculations on the NAPLEX board exams as well. So now in this video, we'll be taking a look at two interesting osmolarity calculation questions. And this video is actually part five of a five-part series. So this is the last session on, in that series. And so if you like to watch the first four videos, I'll put links to those in the description and I'll put it in the card as well. So let's dive right into the first question. And the question says, calculate the osmolarity of a parenteral solution prepared by dissolving 3,000 milligrams of sodium chloride and 150 milligrams of potassium chloride in 500 milliliters of water. Round to the nearest hundred, do not include units. So what you notice in this question, if you do a quick analysis, is that you have two components. Most of the examples we've looked at up to now always have only one component in there. So we will look at how you address these type of questions when you have two different elements or components in your solution and the right way to basically go through the solution. So what we want to do is recall the equation for osmolarity. And that will be milliosmos per liter is equal to grams per liter divided by molecular weight times the number of particles times 1000. And so what we end up doing is we will use this equation, but we'll use it to find the osmolarity of the contribution from the sodium chloride. And we'll do the same thing for the potassium chloride. And once we are done, we'll then add up those two numbers because osmolarity is a way you measure osmotic pressure. And osmotic pressure is a colligative property, which means that it depends on the number of particles in a solution. And so we can actually end up adding the different contributions of osmolarity from sodium chloride and potassium chloride to determine the osmolarity of the entire solution. So that's the overall strategy. So let's start off with the sodium chloride. And we're going to make use of this quantity. It's 3000 milligrams. But notice that we have grams per liter. And our 3000 milligrams is in 500 milliliters. So we need to do some manipulation. The first thing we want to do is convert the milligrams to grams. So you have 3000 milligrams. 1000 milligrams is one gram. And so you end up with three grams. But this three grams is in 500 milliliters. And we need grams per liter. So for thoroughness, we will set up a proportion to determine how many grams would be in a thousand milliliters. We can actually just know that thousand is twice 500 and multiply by two, but let's go through the full solution for completeness. So here we have three grams times a thousand milliliters divided by 500 milliliters. And that gives us six grams in a liter. So we know this quantity, the molecular weight is the next thing we want to do. So molecular weight of sodium chloride is actually 58.44. So this is one of those values which is actually good for you to memorize because you would really encounter sodium chloride very frequently. So we found the molecular weight or we know the molecular weight. Now we need the number of particles. For number of particles, we take the sodium chloride NaCl. If you put that in an aqueous environment, it dissociates to a sodium cation and the chloride anion. And your number of particles will be, you have one sodium and one chloride. So number of particles is two. 
So we are almost there and what we can do is actually determine the osmolarity from the sodium chloride. So we put all these values back into the equation. We would have milliosmoles per liter being equal to 6 divided by 58.44 times 2 times 1000 and that should be equal to 205.34. So we need to do a similar thing for the potassium chloride. So we'll do that on this side. So for KCL, we are basically going to repeat the same process. So this time around, we have 150 milligrams, but it's also in 500 milliliters. So we'll do a quick conversion, 150 milligrams. We want to convert this to grams. So a thousand milligrams are present in one gram. The milligrams cancel out and you have 0.15 grams. But notice this 0.15 is in 500 milliliters. So we set up a quick proportion, 0.15 grams in 500 ml equals X grams over 1000. X equals 0.15 times 1000 divided by 500 milliliters. And you end up with 0.3 grams. We've already been given the molecular weight, so we don't need to do much there, but we need to determine the number of particles. So if you start off with KCl, potassium chloride, you put that in an aqueous environment, you would end up with a potassium cation and a chloride anion. So your number of particles is actually going to be the potassium cation and the chloride anion. And so you end up having two particles. So now we can put all of this information back into this original equation. And we'll have milliosmoles per liter being equal to 0.3 divided by 74.5 times 2 times 1000. And that is equal to 8.05. So what do we do now? What we do actually is find the total osmolarity. Okay, so we found the contributions from sodium chloride and potassium chloride. But to determine the osmolarity of the solution, we can say total, and that should be equal to the 205.34 plus the contribution from potassium chloride, and that should be equal to 213.39. And that's because it said round to the nearest hundredth, do not include units. So that's how you actually address this type of a question. What are the key points or take home message? Whenever you have multiple components, the strategy is to determine the osmolarity for each component and then you sum them up. And always you want to make sure that when you're using the equation, it's always grams per liter. So make sure that your quantity is scaled up to the appropriate volume. So if it's in per liter, you're fine. But if it's in some other volume quantity, such as 500 ml or 250, you want to make sure that you always scale it to grams per liter. Let's take a look at another question. All right, so this question says 10% dextrose with molecular weight 180 and 0.9% sodium chloride injection USP is supplied in a 500 milliliter Viaflex plastic container. What is the osmolarity of this solution round to the nearest 100 do not include units? So this is very similar to the example that we just did and we just noticed one quick difference and that will have to be with the dextrose. So when we go through the solution, we'll just notice the difference. Dextrose is a non-electrolyte, so it would not dissociate and the number of particles in that scenario will be one. But let's start off, we will go with the equation. So milliosmoles per liter is equal to grams per liter divided by molecular weight times number of particles times 1000. So this equation you want to have stenciled on your mind. You need it very 
very frequently. So we can start off with dextrose as our first quantity. And let's talk about, we already have the molecular weight. So the next thing we need is particles. And like I mentioned, the number of particles for dextrose is one. And the reason it's one, once again, is because dextrose is a non-electrolyte. It will not dissociate. Uh, another example of a non-electrolyte that you may see commonly is mannose. And so just keep that in mind. So number of particles there is actually one. The one thing that we need is the quantity that goes in the grams per liter section. And we get that from using the information of the 10%. That's the percentage concentration. So what that will mean, 10% implies that you have 10 grams of dextrose in every 100 milliliter of solution. But since we need grams per liter, we need to determine how many grams will be present in 1000 ml, which is a liter. So we can go ahead and actually solve for X, and X will be 10 grams times 1,000 milliliters divided by 100 milliliters. So the ML cancels out, and you actually end up with 100 grams. So this 100 grams is what is present in one liter. So we can go ahead and put in the values in the equation. So milliosmos per liter is going to be equal to 100 divided by the molecular weight of dextrose, which is 180, times the number of particles, which is 1 times 1,000. So if you do the math, you end up with 555.56. But we don't stop here because we have sodium chloride also present in this solution. So we need to figure out or determine what the osmolarity is for sodium chloride as well. So we have NaCl and the number of particles here will be slightly different, will be two, because when you put NaCl in an aqueous environment, it dissociates to the sodium cation and the chloride anion. And your number of particles is sodium and the chloride. So number of particles is two. We have the molecular weight, so we don't need to do much there. What remains is the quantity in grams per liter. So the way you approach that once again is you look for any concentration information and 0.9%, so this is basically normal saline. And 0.9% implies that you have 0.9 grams of sodium chloride in 100 milliliters of solution. But here again, we need it in grams per liter. So we need to solve for the quantity in one liter, and a liter is 1,000 milliliters. So we solve for X, which would be 0.9 grams times 1,000 divided by 100 milliliters. That cancels out. And you essentially end up with 9 grams. So now we have all the information that we need. We put it back into the equation. Milliosmos per liter is going to be equal to 9 divided by the molecular weight, 58.44, times number of particles, which is 2, times 1,000. So if you do the math, you end up with essentially 308. So we found the osmolarity from the dextrose, and we found the osmolarity from the sodium chloride. The osmolarity for this solution will be the total of those values. So let's just say total will be equal to 555.56 plus the 308. And that should be equal to 863.56. So we have 0.56 because it says round to the nearest hundred and do not include units. All right, so that's how you would approach this type of questions. We've actually looked at two very similar ones. And the take-home message, once again, is if you have multiple components, you do find the osmolarity of each of them, and then you actually add them up at the end. And that will give you the total osmolarity for the solution. So if you really wanted to go ahead and do these questions again, um, just head over to the site, the quiz section, and then you can do the quizzes. So now the quizzes are timed, and so that will help you not only know how accurate you are, but how fast you can actually do the questions. 
And so I encourage you to actually go do that. And if you get them wrong, you can always refer to the solutions. Thank you for listening to today's episode from RX Calculations. You can find all the episodes on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash pharmaceutical calculations easy or as articles on our website at rscalculations.com. If you have any questions on any pharmaceutical calculations topic or you would like to suggest future topics, you can post them on our pharmaceutical calculations forum website or YouTube channel. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Thanks for listening to today's episode and enjoy life. <laughs>